What a great song to set us up for the month of August. You are the God of miracles. I found that it's possible to be cynical with God because it appears to me at times his delivery of miracles is inconsistent. I've asked for miracles for people, asked for miracles for myself, and nothing seems to have happened. Other times, kind of been a little bit, what shall I say, almost lacking faith and prayed for some bun and bam, they get healed, they get set free, they get, it's like, this message this morning, I hope will help you because it's helping me to understand what's going on there because it's not inconsistent. God's as consistent as you can get. God's as faithful as you can get. The Bible says he's faithful when we're faithless. He's not changing because we lose the plot. He's just the same old, same old. He changes not. Another place it says, it's like, our God's awesome. I just want to pray. So what's going to happen here this morning is this. We're going to have you sit down for a bit, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit just to set the scene. The team's staying up here, going to provide us with a bit of background. But we're probably going to go in and out of that song a little bit. You are the God of miracles. And I'll explain to you when you sit down why we're going to do that and why we're sitting down listening for a minute and then we're going to get into it a little later into the meeting. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, as we come into this time this morning, pray every one of us would find as we come around your word that you open our hearts, our, our minds, our spirits to be people who know how to engage with miracles. Because Lord, you're so willing to give them. Father, help us to understand how to get them, how to give them to other people, how to be miracle deliverers in our community. So Lord, just bless this next 30 minutes or so together in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Tell your neighbor you sit down, I'm getting a miracle. Oh, come on, say with attitude, I'm getting a miracle. All right, getting a miracle. You might be getting a miracle in order that you can give a miracle. A few weeks ago, um, I had, I've purchased, uh, it could have been given to me, but I've bought it, a carport. Six metre by six metre carport to park our cars under in our house. And I drove home from work one day and there in our driveway was a six metre by six metre carport. All bubble wrapped, about 500 pieces in the middle of my driveway. It's about, actually there's a couple of pieces that are longer than they should have been, seven and a half metres long, but the rest of it was six metres and one metre and boxes of nails, I mean screws and all sorts of bits and pieces in it. But it's a carport. Started me thinking, as I was thinking about this month, what if God delivers us miracles, but it comes in bits and pieces? What if we want a miracle of healing, which he's so willing to give us? And the obvious outcome is the finished product, but he delivers it bubble-wrapped and plastic and drops it at our front door and says, now over to you. I wonder if it's possible for you and me to understand what it says about the spiritual gift of the workings of miracles in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The miracles actually 
take work. Not for us to persuade God to do it. Not to change his mind about whether a person or myself is worthy to have a miracle. But whether the miracles that God delivers to us come in formats that we don't understand. And so we want to be healed now. And I've seen that sometimes that's exactly what God does. But other, other times people get kind of bits and pieces of a healing. You know, you're praying for somebody who's got a crook back, for example, at the front of church. And how's that feeling? Scale of 1 to 10, we started praying. What was it? Oh, about a 9 out of 10 pain. What is it now? Well, about a 4. So there's been some improvement. That's a conundrum. Why don't God just heal them? And they go away a lot better, but not totally healed. Anyone experience that? Other times, boom. No pain, all gone. Other times people come back weeks later. So guess what? I went home and that back pain was a lot better, but I kind of woke up in the middle of the night and it was like still there. And we tell people when we pray for them for healing, don't, don't go back to the pain, go to faith. I just keep confessing to God. I'm so grateful that, Lord, you've sent me a miracle. That's the work. It's not working because the miracle doesn't work. It's working so that we cooperate with the miracle. We cooperate with what God's doing. So getting back to my carport, there's no point getting all the iron for the cladding on the top, the roof, out and setting all the framework up on the ground and putting the sheets of iron on that's the wrong way around doing it that's the end product I want the roof on but what I ended up doing in the last few days I haven't quite finished is I spent a whole lot of time digging holes I've done five of the six holes and they're flipping hard work and what really annoys me is you dig the hole you put the steel in and then you fill the hole with concrete then you put the pavers back around it's like where did all that work go and when you come to my place where my carport is finished and you'll walk under, there's a nice carport, nice carport. I go, yeah, but what about the foundations? Aren't they awesome? See, there's work that you and I have got to do behind the scenes yeah. with miracles. Maybe it's being in church every week for five years and you decide every now and then I'm not going to go to church because something happened or maybe it's going to work and not calling sickies when you're feeling off colour and it's just a habit you picked up and I don't know what your work is but I've got to tell you you've got work to do to have a miracle assembled in your life let me change tack a little bit in our place we've got a walk-in pantry and when our grandchildren come around and there seems to be an ever increasing number of them turning up that can talk these days and uh, when they walk into our pantry and see all those goodies that Nana has there there's one thing that does not unlock the generosity of Nana's heart. And it's a statement, I'm hungry. And it got me thinking. What Nana likes to hear is, can I have a biscuit? Or a bit of chocolate? Or can I have one of those, please? When a little grandchild asks, they get the Bible says you have not 
because you ask not. Maybe you and I have sat in a non-miraculous zone for years because we've not asked. We've just made a statement to God, oh, this hurts, I'm in pain, why don't you fix me? Why haven't I got my miracle yet? Instead of going to God with, Lord, I am broken. I am in pain. He doesn't mind hearing those things, but Lord, I'm asking you to deliver me a miracle. Because I've already done that. Well, that's when you get back to the second part of this message. Maybe, just maybe, there's work to do. In our house, one of the things you've got to do when you ask that question, it's still a work in progress, is say, please, and thank you. Now, I'm using those as a little, we're teaching little people to have manners, and I'm not suggesting that God's teaching us manners, but I am saying this, the work for the little person to get what they want is to say, please. I just wonder if it's as simple as that for us with a miracle. I don't mean the language of words, but I mean the whole deal of what is the work that you have to do? Because I feel like at times we just want God to, to wave his magic wand over us and fix our situation. Let's just, I didn't give you this scripture, Gavin, sorry. We're down in um, Mark chapter 8. Then he came to Bethsaida and they brought a blind man to him and begged him as Jesus to touch him. Now listen to this. The blind man's in his town doing his thing. And he's been brought to Jesus, who's turned up in his town. So he, Jesus, took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. Straight away, we get an insight into something. The blind man's work for his miracle is to move. Be prepared to shift I've seen people time and time again who want God to heal them and they got no intention of changing their ways. They got no intention of stopping doing what they're doing. They got no intention of changing through repentance. They just want the miracle. And God graciously gives some people who come to him like that miracles. That's a conundrum for me, but that's God. He's generous and loving and I'm not always. Are you prepared to move? Something. Hmm, good questions, right? Is this helping anybody? It's helping me. I love this message. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, lots of commentators make lots of comments about this. I'm wondering whether Jesus is just showing us that miracles sometimes require the strangest work. In other words, miracle can be given because God's sovereign. He can just drop it in our lap. But even the Son of God, Jesus himself, he could have just said, mate, open those eyes. Boom. He would have, at his word, those eyes would have opened. But Jesus, and this is recorded for us to see, I'm sure, more than anything, is like, well, did Jesus just have a bad day with faith? Or maybe he was just, I don't know what he was doing. I think what he was doing was demonstrating to you and me the pathway to a miracle sometimes requires us to do work. 
it sometimes requires us to shift. It sometimes requires us to move. It sometimes requires us to stop doing something we're doing and start doing something else. If we won't stop that and we won't start that, the miracle is sitting in the, gr- in the driveway in its package for the rest of time. And God's just in, for goodness sake, take the wrapping off it, Bruce. For goodness sake, dig the foundations. For goodness sake, put the thing up and let it be what it's supposed to be. Oh, I haven't got time. I haven't got time to go to Connect Group. I'm too busy. Well, what if your miracle's there? I haven't got time to make that phone call to so-and-so. But what if the miracle's there? What if our miracles are in the most obscure places and the thing we miss is, well, God's sovereign, he can give it to me. Oh, yes, he can. But that's not the way the Bible describes the way he works. So he takes the guy out of town, spat in his eyes, put his hands on him, and he asked him if he saw anything. And he, the guy, looks up and says, I see men, but they look like trees. Walking. He's only got a part healing. He's not quite seeing clearly enough. Hang on, we're talking about Jesus here. We want it our way when we want it. God wants to give you the miracle his way as he wants it. If you're not happy with those rules, guess what? He's the boss. So get this. So he put his hands on his eyes again. I bet the guy was thankful he didn't put spit in his eyes again. He just put his hands on the side. And made him, oh, this is so, so powerful. Made him look up. What's that got to do with anything? It's his work. Look up. Look to the mountains. Because that's where help comes from. Jesus just knows that the posture of worship is the way to keep a miracle. Praise and thanks. You know, walk home like this. No, look up. Give thanks to God. Get ready to praise his name. Made him look up. And he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Then he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town nor tell anyone in the town. What's that about? I've always had that as a quandary. Why would Jesus tell somebody who just got miraculously healed to shut up? It's not about not telling anybody. That's the obvious kind of intent of what's written. It is a really good instruction to every one of us who gets a miracle, don't go back to what you were doing. Don't you walk around back now into the routine of being taken into town every day and begging as a blind man. Don't you go back there. Under any circumstances, don't go back. And you'll keep your miracle. It's not about clamming the guy up, saying, it's a secret. I've always thought it was. It's not. It's about don't go back. So we're going to stand at our feet. And I want you to think about what sort of work have you done or are you doing today for a miracle that hasn't quite finished being a miracle in your life yet? Because we're going to sing just this song. Right? Yeah, let's go back into it. Just get yourself lost in it. And as we have been doing with these times, your seat's not a magic seat, and nor is the front of church got some hocus-pocus special spots. But I know that God needs us at times to walk by faith and step. I'm not staying where I am. And we symbolise that by coming out of our seat and standing down the front. You
don't have to, you don't have to move to get a miracle. I'm not saying that. But oftentimes, you always have to move to get a miracle. Come on. One of the reasons we sing is that it engages another part of our mind that's not logical. Um, music is incredibly logical, but singing for us just emanates, comes out of a different part of where we live in here. To get our head around miracles, we've got to disengage, not to become mindless, but we've got to stop thinking, I've got to nut this out. There's bits of it that I've got to nut out. And I've got to understand, I've got to believe. James says in James chapter 2, I think it is verse 6 or somewhere. Let me just find my little scripture reference down here. Yeah, James 2, 26. Faith without works is dead. Martin Luther hated that verse. He actually thought the book of James should have been scrapped from the canon of scripture because he was absolutely adamant that it's faith. That's it. And uh, he had to wrestle for himself. His work was working out what the work is, I think. Faith without works. You can sit down again. A moment. So what sort of miracle do you need? I'm wondering whether we've got this, well, I say it myself, I've assumed over the years that it's a one-size-fits-all. Just pray, ask things in the name of Jesus, and it happens. But I'm beginning to wonder, and this is a wondering kind of service, not a wandering service, but a wondering service. I'm posing a lot of questions because I have found as I've meditated on this in the lead up to today that I've probably got more questions than answers. And coming to God with lots of questions is not problematic for God at all. That's much better than coming to God with my mind made up. So I'm wondering what kind of miracle you need. I wonder if a different miracle needs a different work or whether the same miracle with a different person needs a different work. And what might that work be? For example, we flew home. We were in Darwin during the week for a pastor's retreat. And uh, we flew up there with um, an airline, Qantas, and flew up there and back. And we got on the plane and put the seatbelt on and the captain comes on and says who's, what his name is and I'll be flying it down to Adelaide this afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for flying Qantas, blah, 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 blah. I'm not in the seat in my plane after I pay my ticket thinking, I wonder if this guy trained on a motorbike. He's operating a machine. I've got no doubt he's been trained. His work is to know how to fly the plane. When I go to the hospital to need surgery I don't want the guy that's been trained as a plumber cutting me open to fix me up but he's been trained with equipment he knows how to cut he knows how to saw he knows how to weld things shut knows how to glue things up what do you need from God maybe the work the part that you play in that the working of the miracle 
Now, I'm stretching things outside of just one scripture here. 1 Corinthians 12 is the working of miracles is actually a spiritual gift. But the principle works in scripture because people can be healed by the gift of healing. So if someone's got the gift of healing here this morning, you could lay hands on people and they would get healed because of the gift. But the Bible elsewhere, again in James, says if someone's sick, call the elders of the church, go around and lay hands on them and pray in the name of Jesus and they'll be healed. That is not talking about the gift of healing. So faith does the work that the gift does. So it's consistent to me to think, if that's true, and it is true, that when it's talking about the spiritual gift, the workings of miracles, that by faith we work a miracle when it's not the gift operating. So that's, that's the tenet of what I'm saying here this morning. Because it's really interesting. I know I've got my ideas about how I'd do it. Dave's definitely got his ideas about how he'd do it. Any of the choleric people in the church, your way's always the right way, right? Just saying. There's only one way to do this, it's my way. If you're a cleric personality. Well, that's a great gift. In lots of contexts, and sometimes it is the right thing to do, but it can be a real stumbling block if it blinds us to the work we've got to do. Because sometimes, cholerics, your way isn't the right way. Shock of shocks. And nor is the melancholies just sit back and wait for it to happen. Hey, I've prayed, I've talked to God, it's all good. I'm just going to sit down and have a cold cup of tea and wait for God to do something. Or I went to church once, nothing happened. Wouldn't it be a shame to get to the end of the road and find that the miracle was 15, 20 years down the road? That was just waiting for you outside that door. And you and I never got there because we didn't understand the work. Maybe you've got a really complicated working dynamic in your workplace. You think, oh God, why do I have to work alongside so-and-so? They're just, they're toxic or they're this or they're that. But what if that's the work for your miracle? What if the bumps in the road that you and I both complain about from time to time, whatever those bumps might be, what if those bumps are the work? I love driving on a bitumen road at speed, high speed. I hate driving on dirt roads with potholes in them. You can find both of those in our country and they both go to different places. Maybe the work's a potholy road for you. Maybe where you're going, maybe where God wants you to get is going to be driving over the stony desert in the middle of Australia. It's not the Hume Highway to Sydney to Melbourne or the freeway up here. It's like, no, no, your journey is a bumpy road out there. What I'm saying is there's work to do. I'm not talking about slugging our guts out, but I am talking about understanding that the miracles of God don't always just land in our lap because we've had a little prayer meeting. Sometimes they do. God's tricky. Honestly, he really annoys me at times. You know, you go, why did that happen so easily for that person? But this other person that I love dearly, they are slugging their guts out. It's his sovereign will and purpose. We can't work it out. But I do know this, that when there's a miracle on the doorstep, it'd be worth working for, right? Not a reward. It's just it's the expending of energy. It's the expending, it's the preparedness as Georgia shared about giving before. It's the same thing. On the other side of the argument we all have with God about tithing, on the other side of that argument of breakthrough, there is this 
This is a miracle realm of his provision. Trying to convince somebody, which is probably the wrong choice of words, but trying to teach somebody that that, that thing is true is a real, that's work. That's the work of the service leader in our church. Their work is to lead you to a miracle. These guys, their work, and they do it every week, their work is leading you and me to a place of miracles. It's not like, oh, we're just coming here, we're just going to pray, thank God, thank God, thank you for the miracle, God. These guys help all of us, no matter how we've come to church this morning. Discouraged, ticked off, hopeless, in pain, pressured about finance, stuck in an awkward moment or season in your family, whether it's marriage or kids or whatever. It's like we come in from all kinds of contexts and these guys' work is to help us all move. Say move. move. Say it again, move. move. Move to a place of faith, a place of courage and strength where the miracle working power of heaven It's just showering down on us right now. I can feel the miracle-working power of God showering down on us. It's like if we haven't moved, I'm telling you, if you're still sitting there with a whole big chip on your shoulder this morning, move. If you're sitting there this morning with a whole bunch of unforgiveness and resentment about something, for goodness sake, get out of your seat and move. How good does that feel? Awesome, huh? Come on, get the Lord a clap offering this morning. He's pretty good. Now, what I'm doing here is what Jesus did in that scripture with the blind guy. He demonstrated what to do. I'd love to pray for every one of you this morning. I so would, but we'd be here for a long time. But you can go to a prayer meeting. If you're a male, you can come to because we're very sexist here, you can come to a six o'clock prayer meeting on Tuesday morning and we can pray with you like that. Or you can come to Wakip on Wednesday night, we have a bit of prayer in, in that. And we have connect groups where it's really important that we understand just what I did then. And it's not because it's me. We've got the ability to do the same work. So it might be somebody share something at connect group. You just, just... Get up out of your seat for a minute. And I'm absolutely convinced the preparedness to move when someone invites us to is a massive step of faith that God shines his light on. So don't ever get all hoity-toity about the invitation to stand up or sit down or close your eyes or open your eyes or clap your hands or put your hands up. Sometimes we get attitudes about that because the worship went, come on, everybody, clap your hands. Like, really, do I have to? Wouldn't it be a rotten day to work out when God sees you in heaven one day? You know that day that you got a bit uppity with Anna because she said, clap your hands, and you just were in a grumpy mood? and you Just the other side of that clap was your miracle, Bruce. What, just one clap? Yeah, just one clap would have done it. And he just knew, I've got him. That stubborn little Brucey Williams, he's not going to cop it today because he's not playing ball. I don't know how complicated this is with us, with God. And I don't want to paint a picture that it's all hard work. But I do want to paint a picture that there is work to do. So why don't we stand to our feet? We've run out of time this morning. We're just going to um, sing this song one more time and then I'll close the meeting in a moment. 
So there is victory by the name of Jesus Christ. Maybe this morning you're at church here with us. And in the atmosphere that we've created together, God's been dwelling in with with his presence. Different things happen inside our heart. Some of us can feel convicted of just being grubby. Just know that we've had things happening in our world during the last week or months or whatever that have just, they just not what God wants for us. So we can come to the end of a service like this and I say, just spend a bit of time confessing to God, say, Lord, I'm so sorry, I've been a mug. Sometimes it takes this hour and 20 minutes or whatever it is to just crack open the heart and go, Lord, I repent, I'm sorry. Sometimes he whispers into us, I want you to go and do such and such with so and so this week. Make the call, have the conversation, do this, give that. You just get a download of further instructions about where you're going. For some of us, it's the first time we've ever felt the presence of God around us. And you might be very, very aware of the fact you don't really know God at all. And he's not turning up as a big hairy old dude with a grey beard from heaven with a big stick ready to smack you on the head for being a naughty person. He's just standing there as the most unbelievably perfect father saying, would you come? Why don't you come into my kingdom? Why don't you just step out of what you've been doing and step into what I have for you? He's inviting every one of us to come into his kingdom. Many of us here have made that choice and decided to follow him, step into the kingdom of light. But if you've never prayed a prayer, never said yes to God's invitation to you, would you come to me? And you said, no, no, no. But for whatever reason this morning, something's been said that makes sense to you. And for some strange reason, you might be having a wrestle right now. You're feeling like there's a big yes on the inside. You go, yeah, I want to do that. That'll be a glorious moment. That'll be the best miracle we could possibly have in this church service would be you, if that's you, coming to Christ and saying yes. So if you've never prayed a prayer, never talked to God like that, and you want to, we'd love to help you pray a prayer. It'll be the first one of connection with God where you step into his kingdom. And from there on, it's a journey of discovery of just how awesome God is. Does anybody need to have that time with God this morning? I'd love you to slip your hand up. That's a movement. That's a move of faith. It's the first one you might do. I've asked you to do it. Slip your hand up and say, that's me, Bruce. Would you pray with me? And bam, God will come. Make you a brand new creation. Anyone at all this morning before we break for a conversation and a cup of coffee. Heavenly Father, then I pray that you'd be with us as we head out into this week. Pray, Lord, we'd be conscious, more conscious than we ever have been of the work we're doing, that we're the workings of miracles in our lives. And we'd look for them, the miracles of the kingdom of God all around us. So bless us and guide us as we go, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. What a great song to set us up for the month of August. You are the God of miracles. I found that it's possible to be cynical with God because it appears to me at times his delivery of miracles is inconsistent. 
I've asked for miracles for people, asked for miracles for myself, and nothing seems to have happened. Other times, kind of been a little bit, what shall I say, almost lacking faith and prayed for some bun and bam, they get healed, they get set free, they get, it's like, this message this morning, I hope will help you because it's helping me to understand what's going on there because it's not inconsistent. God's as consistent as you can get. God's as faithful as you can get. The Bible says he's faithful when we're faithless. He's not changing because we lose the plot. He's just the same old, same old. He changes not. Another place it says, it's like, our God's awesome. I just want to pray. So what's going to happen here this morning is this. We're going to have you sit down for a bit and I'm going to talk to you a little bit just to set the scene. The team staying up here going to provide us with a bit of background. But we're probably going to go in and out of that song a little bit. You are the God of miracles. And I'll explain to you when you sit down why we're going to do that and why we're sitting down listening for a minute and then we're going to get into it a little later into the meeting. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, as we come into this time this morning, pray every one of us would find as we come around your word that you open our hearts, our, our minds, our spirits to be people who know how to engage with miracles. Because Lord, you're so willing to give them. Father, help us to understand how to get them, how to give them to other people, how to be miracle deliverers in our community. So Lord, just bless this next 30 minutes or so together in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Tell your neighbor to sit down, I'm getting a miracle. Oh, come on, say it with attitude, I'm getting a miracle. All right, getting a miracle. You might be getting a miracle in order that you can give a miracle. A few weeks ago, um, I had, I purchased, uh, it could have been given to me, but I've bought it, a carport. Six metre by six metre carport to park our cars under in our house. And I drove home from work one day and there in our driveway was a six metre by six metre carport. All bubble wrapped, about 500 pieces in the middle of my driveway. It's about, actually there's a couple of pieces that are longer than they should have been, seven and a half metres long, but the rest of it was six metres and one metre and boxes of nails, I mean screws and all sorts of bits and pieces in it. But it's a carport. started me thinking as I was thinking about this month what if God delivers us miracles but it comes in bits and pieces what if we want a miracle of healing which he's so willing to give us and the obvious outcome is the finished product but he delivers it bubble wrapped and plastic and drops it at our front door and says now over to you. I wonder if it's possible for you and me to understand what it says about the spiritual gift of the workings of miracles in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The miracles actually take work. Not for us to persuade God to do it. Not to change his mind about whether a person or myself is worthy to have a miracle. But whether the miracles that God delivers to us come in formats that we don't understand and so we want to be healed now 
And I've seen that sometimes that's exactly what God does. But other, other times people get kind of bits and pieces of a healing. You know, you're praying for somebody who's got a crook back, for example, at the front of the church. And how's that feeling? Scale of 1 to 10, we started praying. What was it? Oh, about a 9 out of 10 pain. What is it now? Well, about a 4. So there's been some improvement. That's a conundrum. Why didn't God just heal them? And they go away a lot better, but not totally healed. Anyone experienced that? Other times, boom. No pain, all gone. Other times, people come back weeks later. So guess what? I went home and that back pain was a lot better, but I kind of woke up in the middle of the night and it was like still there. And we tell people when we pray for them for healing, don't, don't go back to the pain, go to faith. I just keep confessing to God. I'm so grateful that, Lord, you've sent me a miracle. That's the work. It's not working because the miracle doesn't work. It's working so that we cooperate with the miracle. We cooperate with what God's doing. So getting back to my carport, there, there's no point getting all the iron for the cladding on the top, the roof out and setting all the framework up on the ground and putting the sheets of iron on because that's the wrong way around of doing it. That's the end product. I want the roof on. But what I ended up doing in the last few days that I haven't quite finished is I spent a whole lot of time digging holes. I've done five of the six holes. And they're flipping hard work. And what really annoys me is you dig the hole, you put the steel in and then you fill the hole with concrete then you put the pavers back around. It's like, where did all that work go? And when you come to my place where my carport is finished, and you'll walk under, there's a nice carport, nice carport. And I go, yeah, but what about the foundations? Aren't they awesome? See, there's work that you and I've got to do behind the scenes yeah. with miracles. Maybe it's being in church every week for five years. And you decide every now and then, I'm not going to go to church because something happened. Or maybe it's going to work and not calling sickies when you're feeling off colour and it's just a habit you picked up. And I don't know what your work is, but I've got to tell you, you've got work to do to have a miracle assembled in your life. Let me change tack a little bit. In our place, we've got a walk-in pantry. And when our grandchildren come around, and there seems to be an ever-increasing number of them turning up they can talk these days and uh, when they walk into our pantry and see all those goodies that Nana has there there's one thing that does not unlock the generosity of Nana's heart and it's a statement I'm hungry and it got me thinking what Nana likes to hear is can I have a biscuit or a bit of chocolate Oh, can I have one of those, please? When a little grandchild asks, they get. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Maybe you and I have sat in a non-miraculous zone for years because we've not asked. We've just made a statement to God, oh, this hurts, I'm in pain, why don't you fix me? Why haven't I got my miracle yet? Instead of going to God with, Lord, 
I am broken. I am in pain. He doesn't mind hearing those things. But Lord, I'm asking you to deliver me a miracle. He says, I've already done that. Well, that's when you get back to the second part of this message. Maybe, just maybe, there's work to do. In our house, one of the things you've got to do when you ask that question, it's still a work in progress, is say, please, and thank you. Now, I'm using those as a little, we're teaching little people to have manners, and I'm not suggesting that God's teaching us manners, but I am saying this, the work for the little person to get what they want is to say, please. I just wonder if it's as simple as that for us with a miracle. I don't mean the language of words, but I mean the whole deal of what is the work that you have to do? Because I feel like at times we just want God to, to wave his magic wand over us and fix our situation. Let's just, I didn't give you this scripture, Gavin, sorry. We're down in um, Mark chapter 8. Then he came to Bethsaida and they brought a blind man to him and begged him as Jesus to touch him. Now listen to this. The blind man's in his town doing his thing and he's been brought to Jesus who's turned up in his town. So he, Jesus, took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. Straight away, we get an insight into something. The blind man's work for his miracle is to move. Be prepared to shift. I've seen people time and time again who want God to heal them and they got no intention of changing their ways. They got no intention of stopping doing what they're doing. They got no intention of changing through repentance. They just want the miracle. And God graciously gives some people who come to him like that miracles. That's a conundrum for me, but that's God. He's generous and loving and I'm not always. Are you prepared to move? Something. Hmm, good questions, right? Is this helping anybody? It's helping me. I love this message. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, lots of commentators make lots of comments about this. I'm wondering whether Jesus is just showing us that miracles sometimes require the strangest work. In other words, miracle can be given because God's sovereign. He can just drop it in our lap. But even the Son of God, Jesus himself, who could have just said, mate, open those eyes, boom. He would have, at his word, those eyes would have opened. But Jesus, and this is recorded for us to see, I'm sure, more than anything, it's like, well, did Jesus he just have a bad day with faith? Or maybe he was just, I don't know what he was doing. I think what he was doing was demonstrating to you and me the pathway to a miracle sometimes requires us to do work. It sometimes requires us to shift. It sometimes requires us to move. It sometimes requires us to stop doing something we're doing and start doing something else. If we won't stop that and we won't start that, the miracle is sitting in the, gr in the driveway in its package for the rest of time. And God's just in, for goodness sake, take the wrapping off it, Bruce. For goodness sake, dig the foundations. For goodness sake, put the thing up and let it be what it's supposed to be. Oh, I haven't got time. I haven't got time to go to Connect Group. I'm too busy. Well, what if your miracle's there? 
haven't got time to make that phone call to so-and-so. But what if the miracle's there? What if our miracles are in the most obscure places and the thing we miss is, well, God's sovereign, he can give it to me. Oh, yes, he can. But that's not the way the Bible describes the way he works. So he takes the guy out of town, spat in his eyes, put his hands on him, and he asked him if he saw anything. And he, the guy, looks up and says, I see men, but they look like trees. Walking. He's only got a part healing. He's not quite seeing clearly enough. Hang on, we're talking about Jesus here. We want it our way when we want it. God wants to give you the miracle his way as he wants it. If you're not happy with those rules, guess what? He's the boss. So get this. So he put his hands on his eyes again. Bet the guy was thankful he didn't put spit in his eyes again. He just put his hands on his eyes. And made him, oh, this is so, so powerful. Made him look up. What's that got to do with anything? It's his work. Look up. Look to the mountains. That's why help comes from. Jesus just knows that the posture of worship is the way to keep a miracle. Praise and thanks. You know, walk home like this. No, look up. Give thanks to God. Get ready to praise his name. Made him look up. And he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Then he sent him away to his house saying, neither go into the town nor tell anyone in the town. What's that about? I've always had that as a quandary. Why would Jesus tell somebody who just got miraculously healed to shut up? It's not about not telling anybody. That's the obvious kind of intent of what's written. It is a really good instruction to every one of us who gets a miracle, don't go back to what you were doing. Don't you walk around back now into the routine of being taken into town every day and begging as a blind man. Don't you go back there. Under any circumstances, don't go back. And you'll keep your miracle. It's not about clamming the guy up, saying, it's a secret. I've always thought it was. It's not. It's about don't go back. So we're going to stand at our feet. And I want you to think about what sort of work have you done or are you doing today for a miracle that hasn't quite finished being a miracle in your life yet? Because we're going to sing just this song. Right? Yeah, let's go back into it. Just get yourself lost in it. And as we have been doing with these times, your seat's not a magic seat, and nor is the front of the church got some hocus-pocus special spots. But I know that God needs us at times to walk by faith and step. I'm not staying where I am. And we symbolize that by coming out of our seat and standing down the front. You don't have to you don't have to move to get a miracle. I'm not saying that, but oftentimes you always have to move to get a miracle. Come on. One of the reasons we sing is that it engages another part of our mind that's not logical. Um, music is incredibly logical. But singing for us just emanates, comes out of a different part of where we live in here. To get our head around miracles, we've got to disengage 
not to become mindless, but we've got to stop thinking, I've got to nut this out. There's bits of it that I've got to nut out. And I've got to understand, I've got to believe. James says in James chapter 2, I think it is verse 6 or somewhere. Let me just find my little scripture reference down here. Yeah, James 2, 26. Faith without works is dead. Martin Luther hated that verse. He actually thought the book of James should have been scrapped from the canon of Scripture because he was absolutely adamant that it's faith. That's it. And uh, he had to wrestle for himself. His work was working out what the work is, I think. Faith without works. You can sit down again. A moment. So what sort of miracle do you need? I'm wondering whether we've got this, well, I say it myself, I've assumed over the years that it's a one-size-fits-all. Just pray, ask things in the name of Jesus, and it happens. But I'm beginning to wonder, and this is a wonderings kind of service, not a wandering service, but a wondering service. I'm posing a lot of questions because I have found as I've meditated on this in the lead up to today that I've probably got more questions than answers. And coming to God with lots of questions is not problematic for God at all. That's much better than coming to God with my mind made up. So I'm wondering what kind of miracle you need. I wonder if a different miracle needs a different work or whether the same miracle with a different person needs a different work. And what might that work be? For example, we flew home. We were in Darwin during the week for a pastor's retreat. And uh, we flew up there with um, an airline, Qantas, and flew up there and back. And we got on the plane and put the seatbelt on and the captain comes on and says who's, what his name is. And I'll be flying it down to Adelaide this afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for flying Qantas, blah, 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 blah. I'm not in the seat in my plane after I pay my ticket thinking, I wonder if this guy trained on a motorbike he's operating a machine I got no doubt he's been trained his work is to know how to fly the plane when I go to the hospital to need surgery I don't want the guy that's been trained as a plumber cutting me open to fix me up but he's been trained with equipment he knows how to cut he knows how to saw he knows how to weld things shut knows how to glue things up what do you need from God maybe the work the part that you play in that the working of the miracle now I'm stretching things outside of just one scripture here 1 Corinthians 12 is the working of miracles is actually a spiritual gift but the principle works in scripture because people can be healed by the gift of healing. So if someone's got the gift of healing here this morning, you could lay hands on people and they would get healed because of the gift. But the Bible elsewhere, again in James, says if someone's sick, call the elders of the church, go around and lay hands on them and pray in the name of Jesus and they'll be healed. That is not talking about the gift of healing. So faith does the work that the gift does. So it's consistent to me to think, if that's true, and it is true, but when it's talking about the spiritual gift, the workings of miracles. 
that by faith we work a miracle when it's not the gift operating. So that's, that's the tenet of what I'm saying here this morning. Because it's really interesting. I know I've got my ideas about how I'd do it. Dave's definitely got his ideas about how he'd do it. Any of the choleric people in the church, your way's always the right way, right? Just saying. There's only one way to do this, it's my way. If you're a cleric personality. Well, that's a great gift. In lots of contexts, and sometimes it is the right thing to do, but it can be a real stumbling block if it blinds us to the work we've got to do. Because sometimes, cholerics, your way isn't the right way. Shock of shocks. And nor is the melancholies just sit back and wait for it to happen. Hey, I've prayed, I've talked to God, it's all good. I'm just going to sit down and have a cold cup of tea and wait for God to do something. Or I went to church once, nothing happened. Wouldn't it be a shame to get to the end of the road and find that the miracle was 15, 20 years down the road? That was just waiting for you outside that door. And you and I never got there because we didn't understand the work. Maybe you got a really complicated working dynamic in your workplace. You think, oh God, why do I have to work alongside so-and-so? They're just, they're toxic or they're this or they're that. But what if that's the work for your miracle? What if the bumps in the road that you and I both complain about from time to time, whatever those bumps might be, what if those bumps are the work? I love driving on a bitumen road at speed, high speed. I hate driving on dirt roads with potholes in them. You can find both of those in our country and they both go to different places. Maybe the work's a potholy road for you. Maybe where you're going, maybe where God wants you to get is going to be driving over the stony desert in the middle of Australia. It's not the Hume Highway to Sydney to Melbourne or the freeway up here. It's like, no, no, your journey is a bumpy road out there. What I'm saying is there's work to do. I'm not talking about slugging our guts out, but I am talking about understanding that the miracles of God don't always just land in our lap because we've had a little prayer meeting. Sometimes they do. God's tricky. Honestly, he really annoys me at times. You know, you go, why did that happen so easily for that person? But this other person that I love dearly, they are slugging their guts out. It's his sovereign will and purpose. We can't work it out. But I do know this, that when there's a miracle on the doorstep, it'd be worth working for, right? It's not a reward. It's just, it's the expending of energy. It's the expending, it's the preparedness as Georgia shared about giving before. It's the same thing. On the other side of the argument we all have with God about tithing, on the other side of that argument of breakthrough, there is this, this is miracle realm of his provision. Trying to convince somebody, which is probably the wrong choice of words, but trying to teach somebody that 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 thing is true is a real, that's work. That's the work of the service leader in our church. Their work is to lead you to a miracle. These guys, their work, and they do it every week, their work is leading you and me to a place of miracles. It's not like, oh, we're just coming here, we're just going to pray, thank God, thank God. Thank you for the miracle, God. These guys help all of us, no matter how we've come to church this morning. Discouraged, ticked off, hopeless, in pain, 
pressured about finance, stuck in an awkward moment or season in your family, whether it's marriage or kids or whatever. It's like we come in from all kinds of contexts and these guys' work is to help us all move. Say move. Move. Say it again, move. move. Move to a place of faith, a place of courage and strength where the miracle working power of heaven is just showering down on us right now. I can feel the miracle working power of God showering down on us. It's like if we haven't moved, I'm telling you, if you're still sitting there with a whole big chip on your shoulder this morning, move. If you're sitting there this morning with a whole bunch of unforgiveness and resentment about something, for goodness sake, get out of your seat and move. It's almost like Jesus is going to come up to you and say, hey, Shane, not that you've got any of those problems, but just, I'll just go down there and say, okay, buddy, I can see you got, oh, you got the weight of the world on your shoulders, mate. Come with me. Come with me. Come on. You weren't expecting me to take you, were you? No, I wasn't. Okay. Just come with me. Come for a walk, buddy. Okay. Now, let's just see what's going on here. Now, I don't know anything about your week, but all I know is that God wants you to have a miracle this morning. So whatever it is you've come to church with thinking, God, is this going to work out? This guy just shifted out of his seat because I dragged him. Jesus took the blind guy by the hand and said, come with me. So Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that this young man today, right here, right now, would find the canopy that's closed over his life open. And the miracle of heaven, there it is, would get onto him. How are we doing there, mate? Feels good, huh? Yeah, I know what my work is. My work is to um, lead you to a miracle of peace. Silvio, come here, my friend. Straight there, right there. No, come, come, come. No, I'm, I'm keep talking. Right there is this man's miracle. Come here. <laughs> I'm confusing you, right? <laughs> keep coming this way. Put your hands up to God. Close your eyes for a moment. You are the God of miracles. We're just saying that. The God of the impossible. What impossible wall are you standing in front of, have been for a little while? I'm just wondering. You don't need to tell me. I want to encourage you, even now, that 10 or 15 steps out of your seat because I asked you to come means the impossible is going to unlock. Father, cause faith to rise up in this man's heart afresh, in his spirit, Lord. Let him not be discouraged. Lord, let him not be perturbed, not not be distracted. But this morning, Lord, right now, he'll look that thing in the eye and say, get out of the way. It's time for my breakthrough in Jesus' name. Give him courage, strength and boldness, Father. Most of all, Lord, give him peace. You don't have to think about this and worry about it anymore. Don't worry about it anymore. The peace of God's going to settle on you and you're going to deal with this. You're not going to have to get cranky with someone. You're not going to have to put your foot down and be, how shall I say, solve the way the world does. The key is the peace of God. In Jesus' name, the peace of God. There it is. Just receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it. 
receive it. That's it. Just relax in there, my friend. You got that just then, didn't you? It's like, whoa. <laughs> Doing okay? Yeah, I feel great. You feel great? I feel great. Yeah, it's a pretty good feeling, isn't it? Yeah, it's the best. I love it. I love giving it away. I don't always have it myself, but I love giving it away. Thank you. You can go sit down again. That's good. Brianna, come here. Brianna Chester. Give her a hand. She's an awesome young woman. You can stay. You don't have to look at them. Don't, you know, come this way. You don't have to look at them. They're scary, aren't they? <laughs> What's going on? Um, a lot? Yeah, a lot. A lot? Yeah. If you had a miracle to ask God for this morning, you don't have to tell everybody. just want you to think of one and keep it in here for a minute, okay? Something you think. I like God. Could I have, could that happen? You got one in here? Perfect. Now we're going somewhere. So I want you to just in your mind, you can use your mouth really quietly. These guys don't need to hear it. I just want you to ask God for that. Okay. The asking's finished. You said your bit? Yeah. All right. Guess what? You moved. You came out here. Give me a hand for a minute. Father, right now, I pray that Brianna would find in this very moment, Lord, a miracle. A miracle from heaven is being constructed. I want you to see the wrapping coming off a package you've received. The miracles come right there. It's right in front of you. You've got work to do. Unpack that miracle. I feel like God's just, he's going to lead you in the next two weeks. The next two weeks to be praying differently about this. You're going to find some scriptures that are going to encourage you greatly. But whatever that miracle is, Brianna, you're going to start to see evidence that it's being formed in front of your eyes. And I reckon it'll be a finished deal inside the next two weeks, maybe fortnight from now. Now, I don't need to know what it is, but I'd love you to come and tell me in two weeks' time, guess what that miracle happened in Jesus' name. Amen. How good does that feel? Really good. Awesome, huh? Come on, get the Lord a clap offering this morning. He's pretty good. Now, what I'm doing here is what Jesus did in that scripture with the blind guy. He demonstrated what to do. I'd love to pray for every one of you this morning. I so would. But we'd be here for a long time. But you can go to a prayer meeting. If you're a male, you can come to, because we're very sexist here, you can come to a six o'clock <laughs> prayer meeting on Tuesday morning and we can pray with you like that. Or you can come to a clip on Wednesday night. We have a bit of prayer in, in that. And we have connect groups where it's really important that we understand just what, I did then. And it's not because it's me. We've got the ability to do the same work. So it might be somebody share something at Connect Group. You just just get up out of your seat for a minute. And I'm absolutely convinced the preparedness to move when someone invites us to is a massive step of faith that God shines his light on. So don't ever get all hoity-toity about the invitation to stand up or sit down or close your eyes or open your eyes or clap your hands or put your hands up. Sometimes we get attitudes about that because the worship leader, come on, everybody, clap your hands. Like, really, do I have to? 
Wouldn't it be a rotten day to work out when God sees you in heaven one day? So you know that day that you got a bit uppity with Anna because she said, clap your hands and you just were in a grumpy mood? and you Just the other side of that clap was your miracle, Bruce. What? Just one clap? Yep, just one clap would have done it. And he just knew, I've got him. That stubborn little Brucey Williams. He's not going to cop it today because he's not playing ball. I don't know how complicated this is with us with God. And I don't want to paint a picture that it's all hard work. But I do want to paint a picture that there is work to do. So why don't we stand to our feet? We've run out of time this morning. We're just going to um, sing this song one more time and then we'll, I'll close the meeting in a moment. So there is victory by the name of Jesus Christ. Maybe this morning you're at church here with us. And in the atmosphere that we've created together, that God's been dwelling in with, with his presence. Different things happen inside our heart. Some of us can feel convicted of just being grubby. Just know that we've had things happening in our world during the last week or months or whatever that have just, they just not what God wants for us. So we can come to the end of a service like this and I say, just spend a bit of time confessing to God, saying, Lord, I'm so sorry, I've been a mug. Sometimes it takes this hour and 20 minutes or whatever it is to just crack open the heart and go, Lord, I repent, I'm sorry. Sometimes he whispers into us, I want you to go and do such and such with so and so this week. Make the call, have the conversation, do this, give that. You just get a download of further instructions about where you're going. For some of us, it's the first time we've ever felt the presence of God around us. And you might be very, very aware of the fact you don't really know God at all. And he's not turning up as a big hairy old dude with a grey beard from heaven with a big stick ready to smack you on the head for being a naughty person. He's just standing there as the most unbelievably perfect father saying, would you come? Why don't you come into my kingdom? Why don't you just step out of what you've been doing and step into what I have for you? He's inviting every one of us to come into his kingdom. Many of us here have made that choice and decided to follow him, step into the kingdom of light. But if you've never prayed a prayer, never said yes to God's invitation to you, would you come to me? And you've said, no, no, no. But for whatever reason this morning, something's been said that makes sense to you. And for some strange reason, you might be having a wrestle right now. You're feeling like there's a big yes on the inside. You go, yeah, I want to do that. That'll be a glorious moment. That'll be the best miracle we could possibly have in this church service. Would be you, if that's you, coming to Christ and saying yes. So if you've never prayed a prayer, never talked to God like that, and you want to, we'd love to help you pray a prayer. It'll be the first one of connection with God where you step into his kingdom. And from there on, it's a journey of discovery of just how awesome God is. Does anybody need to have that time with God this morning? I'd love you to slip your hand up. That's a movement. That's a move of faith. It's the first one you might do. I've asked you to do it. Slip your hand up and say, that's me, Bruce. Would you pray with me? And bam, God will come. Make you a brand new creation. Anyone at all this morning before we break for a conversation and a cup of coffee.
Heavenly Father, then I pray that you'd be with us as we head out into this week. Pray, Lord, we'd be conscious, more conscious than we ever have been of the work we're doing, that we're the workings of miracles in our lives. And we'd look for them, the miracles of the kingdom of God all around us. So bless us and guide us as we go, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.